How should a leader respond when they're asked to accept somebody who did them wrong? Let's talk about that today on The Midweek Move. Hello, welcome to the Made With Move podcast extension of The Healing Places, the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? Today, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Ben Schmaltz. What's up, buddy? Hi, guys. How are you? Glad to have you back on the show again. Dude, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it so much. I love having you on here. Absolutely. You've been on uh, a few times. A couple times, yeah. So you were here with us back when we were in the book of Acts. We did Acts, yeah. And then the book of James also. Yep. Yep, that's right. Now we're here with, uh, what did you call it? Philemon? Uh, <laughs> Philemon. Uh, Philemon. 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 Oh, yeah, my Philemon. Or I was asking, I heard somebody say Philemon. And I was like, I don't know if that's right, because you'll find out today, audience, that I don't know how to say some of these names the proper way, but I try my best. I'm terrible with names. I'm and if you don't stop and you just say what you say and you confidently say it, people usually don't know that right. that's wrong. <laughs> that's, that's my take on and it. And that's how cults get started, ladies and gentlemen. No. No. That's funny. Oh, man. So, uh, Ben, I'm excited to have you here with me. Um, ben, for those of you who don't know, he's a he's a student pastor here in town at Gateway Church. Yep. And um, uh, Ben is, uh, what I love to talk about, about you is you're very real, very honest. And you and I are kind of on the same wavelength of a lot of things. And, uh, and so I'm excited just to do life with you. And that's yeah. a big part about what we do here at Midweek Move is these are meant to be very casual, very friendly conversations. A lot of people have this mindset that when they go to the Bible study, it's going to be, all right, everybody open to the book of numbers. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be like this boring, drawn out thing. But really, I mean, it's between peers. Yeah, sure. And we need to have that. And um, now you're you're trained in the scriptures. I'm trained in the scriptures, obviously. But that doesn't mean that people can't just come together and talk about life, talk about the scriptures together. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's where real discipleship takes place. Absolutely. I mean, you watch just how Jesus modeled that. And even in this, this very book that we're reading, uh, this, I was going to say chapter, but it is the book. It's the whole chapter, <laughs> uh, is, is even Paul, like the way he discipled the people, it was one-on-one. -on -one. He's writing to one guy saying, Hey, let's work on this together. And, uh, I just think I'm thankful for the men of God and women of God that have poured into me, sat down with me, dealt with me one-on-one. -on -one. Right. And that's where our services are great. And we experience the Holy Spirit. And we have these great times. But Absolutely. I was always sitting in a conversation similar to this, where it's just mm -hmm. like challenged me. It yeah. really rocked my world so in those conversations. So good. Well, if you guys haven't uh, checked out the previous two conversations we had, we, we've been going through the book of Philemon and we, we're breaking up into four different weeks. In the first two weeks, we had our friend Cesar Cruz with us and a fantastic dude. And uh, we had a great conversation just kind of talking about through the first half of the book and what's taking place here, how uh, there seems to be um, Philemon is a, a leader. He's an early church leader. He is a man that's known for his love, his genuine concern for people. But there has been an offense that's been made by a man named Onesimus who seems to have come in contact with Paul. And Paul has, has taught and he has discipled. And it's a really fascinating situation because they're 1,200 miles away. Yeah. Like this isn't a, like, you know, like today, you know, 1200 miles away, you can make that drive pretty quickly, you yeah. know? Um, but this is on foot on top of that. Nisimus is a fugitive. Mm. He's running away. We talked about last week, how, um, uh, if you really examine Onesimus and Paul, there's very little difference. They're yeah. both fugitives. Yeah. They're both seen as having very little value to the community. Mm -hmm. And yet Philemon sees Paul differently. Yeah, And so Paul's going to lean into that conversation today as we continue on. We start up in uh, verse uh, 12. 
Ben, could you read 12 and 13 for us? Yes. Uh, two seconds. There we go. 12. <laughs> Pulling it up now. Um, my internet was running. So here we go. 12. <laughs> oh, what is this advertisement? I don't need that. Uh, hey, bring your, bring your hard Bible next time, Ben. Uh, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. All right. So Paul announces that he is sending Onesimus back yep. to Philemon. Now he points out, however, that it's not just him sending back a fugitive, a slave, but a man that he he genuinely cares about. This is not just yeah. him sending, you know, somebody back that owes him money. But he's like, hey, this is a guy that I care about. Mm-hmm. This is someone that that means something to me. And Paul even states that he not only is this a man that he's sending back that he cares about, but he's on par with Philemon in terms of importance and ability to him which is interesting yeah. in and of itself. Now, identity-wise, Onesimus was a fugitive, a slave who uh, had no rights whatsoever. He deserved to be beaten or worse, yet Paul has called him a son. Mm. He's someone that he cares for and has declared that he has purpose. Yeah. Like, this is a so big good. ordeal to yeah, place yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Paul's speaking to a situation where there should be hopelessness. He goes, no, no, this isn't just a useless slave. Right. This is a son. Right. It's a man with purpose. So let me ask you this. Your mentor comes to you and he says, hey, there's this guy that you've held authority over who's done you dirty. He's done mm-hmm. you wrong legitimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he is just as important to me as you. Yeah. In fact, he can do everything that you do for me. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Like in the mm. flesh, what would your response be? In the flesh. <laughs> in the flesh. Yeah, sure. I and probably have in the flesh responded to situations like that where you feel very much like the prodigal son and his brother. You know, mm. it's very much like That's a good way of putting that. Yeah, I like, thought about that. Way. Yeah, the brother was was very angry that his brother came back to, to, to the house of the father. Like it's your brother's being rescued, but you still had this jealousy or this, man, I've been doing this so long and it's not to belittle what you've been doing, but sometimes we get caught up in our feels that I've been doing this the right way so long. Why is this guy all of a sudden getting the same level of respect or position or whatever that mm. I have have felt like I've had to fight for? Right. Um, but that's the beauty of God's grace. Mm. I mean, that's the beauty. So how my flesh would respond is probably very similar. Right. I, I would probably feel a little jealous, a little envious, a little confused that, uh, this guy hasn't been doing it right his whole life, and here I am working my tail off, and um, now we're we're on the same level, you know. And so, but that's the thing about God's grace that we were all at one point in need of that same viewpoint, where right. where God looked at us and said, "Hey, that's my son, that's my child, that's my my guy," you mm-hmm. know. And um, so thankful for that. But in the flesh, you're right, man. <laughs> it's been a different. <laughs> it'd have been a little bitterness and a little yeah. uh, anger, even anger towards a leader. You know, if, if Paul, w- the leader, I would have been angry. You know, yeah. uh, maybe there's been pastors in our lives or uh, our leaders that we just get angry with because they they do something or say something, and then it's like, man, why you, he's just emulating what God has done. So, in yeah. the flesh, that's probably how it responds. Yeah, very much and like I appreciate that. that you said it. Like the all Paul's doing is emulating what God's already done. You know, God's looked at each one of us as sinners and Jesus goes, no, they're, they're not that anymore. Yeah. They have a new identity. Yeah. They're, they're son, their daughter, they have right. purpose. Right. And, um, and it's really interesting seeing Paul play that out. We'll get some more of that conversation here in a little bit. Uh, verse 14, let me read that for us. Yep. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion as it were, but voluntary. Mm. So Paul is doing something interesting. He has, 
absolute authority in Philemon's life to demand Onesimus be made a free man. Mm. Absolute authority. And by authority, I mean, it's not a natural authority. It's a spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. And it's one that Philemon has in the past submitted to. Right. Philemon has put him right. in place. We talked about, again, we talked about this last week, that socially, there's no difference between Philemon, or between Onesimus and Paul. Yeah. No difference whatsoever. Right. But spiritually, Philemon has put authority on Paul. Yeah. He's given him this, this place in his life. So, again... He has the authority to do it, yet instead he's appealing to Philemon's willingness to submit not to man's demand, mm-hmm. but to act out of the submission to Christ's example of love. Mm. So as a leader uh, who has dealt with people who have disappointed you, let you down, maybe even stabbed you in the back at times, mm. how do you walk that process of loving and forgiving people in a godly manner? Because that's the situation. Philemon is a man that has yeah. stabbed Onesimus or Philemon in the back. Yeah. And yeah. now he's being going, hey, my, I want you to accept him. Yeah. I want you to take him back. Sure. Lovingly. <laughs> sure. Sure. It, it's, it's not easy. I can tell you that. And I'm, I'm grateful that you sent me ahead of time, a little kind of notes. Hey, this is kind of the direction we're going. Cause if you would have caught me with that question, uh, off guard, it probably would have been a little bit more, uh, in the emotion of the feelings mm-hmm. because some of those feelings, even though they may have happened years ago, Sometimes a feeling like doesn't, you think it is going to what you think you've worked through it and then something yeah. else stir it. So I read that question and immediately last night as I was reading over, just making sure we're all on the same page um, or, or on a page together <laughs> somewhere close. Uh, I was like, oh man, yeah. Yeah, I was just reminding myself of these feelings of the pain and the the hurt and the betrayal. And um, I, I, for me, it goes back, and obviously it's probably all of our favorite stories, but specifically for me, I even... I have a tattoo on my wrist that reminds me of it, is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden of, of not my will, but thy will be done. Mm. He was wrestling, not just with the fact that he was going to be crucified, but like the people that he loved was turning his, gonna, like not only Judas, who was in the act of betraying him in that moment, still, yeah. you know, going to get the guards, doing all that. But then he had Peter, his one of his top three guys that that is going to deny him three times. Uh, and then in, in the, I think it's the passion video of that where they lock <laughs> eyes, you know, that old Mel Gibson, they lock eyes right. and it's just stuck in my brain from a little kid seeing that movie. It's like Peter's denied him a third time and they just like look over and they're just <laughs> eye to eye. Like it's just that moment of betrayal. And then I realized, you know, uh, that hopefully I've not done that to others, but I, I maybe, and, and I have to have grace in a moment to say, Hey, I struggle with the emotion of what just happened, but like Jesus, I have to come to a place where I wrestle mm. with my flesh, submit my flesh and say, Lord, your will be done. Yeah. And and obviously as a Christian, um, we preach love and we preach forgiveness and we preach grace, but it's a lot easier to preach it than it is to live it. Word. You know, it's easy to talk about, but then it gets hard when you actually have to sit there and um, eat lunch with somebody that has stabbed you in the back, or at least you felt like they've stabbed you in the back yeah. or wronged you or whatever the case may be, you know? And I, um, uh, just have so many stories where I'm not going to get into that for the privacy of those relationships, that there's still people in my life that although I may have been hurt at one point, I still love them. I still care about them. And I still want to have the same heartbeat as our father that mm-hmm. looks at us in our middle of our mistakes and our mess ups and says, I'm still choosing to love you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we were singing the songs leading worship the other day and we're singing the um, Brandon Lake song, uh, the one that everybody sings. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I throw up my hands oh, yeah, yeah. and I praise you again and again. Uh, and it's got the one line that says, you know, all I have is fit for a king. This is all that I have that's fit for a king. 
and that little fit for a king just really challenged me. Mm. Uh, is that is is that my heart is my heart fit for the king? Am I good enough? And I started dealing with self worthlessness and just thinking, man, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do. This. And then I remember like God looks at us with favor. He looks at you with favor and he says, you are not what you have done. You are who I call you to be. Yeah. Just like this story uh, is is you are not no longer you're no longer the the persecutor talking about Paul persecutor of Christians the murderer of Christians you are my chosen apostle and and God looks at us and he said and if he can do that for me I should be willing to do that for others I should be willing to say hey you're not the person that stabbed me in the back Mm. Uh, you're my beloved brother or sister in Christ and I need to get to a place where my flesh is out of the way that I can love you and that's not easy it's a process, and it's not something that happens all the time overnight. It may, it could. Mm. The Lord can do that overnight in you and touch <laughs> you in a way. But for me, and sometimes I felt like it was done, and then something would come up, and it's like, all right, not all the way done. You know, <laughs> just like reading the question last night in and right. of itself, I was like, oh, there's some more stuff. Let me pray. So I did. I took a moment last yeah. night and prayed, said, Lord, continue to help lead me through this forgiveness process. Yeah. And so, um, man, I think that that's, I, I don't know. I hope I answered your question. No, I kind of no, talked for a while. It's a process. It really is. It's yeah. Sometimes. And there will be days where maybe, you know, you don't feel so good. You right. Feel whole. And no, right. The right. difference between a, a, a saint and, and a sinner is a saint goes, I'm still walking this out with you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not turning away from you. I'm not turning yeah. away from what you have for me. Sure. We make the decision to follow Jesus. Yep. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying there are people who have hurt me. They've done me wrong. And, uh, and there are days where I'm good. Yeah. And then there are days where I'm like, mm. you know, there's a, there's a, there's a tinge there sometimes, yeah. but I go. No, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Yeah. I'm going to choose. And honestly, when I've made that decision, I've seen great things take place. Mm. I've seen because I've been able to forgive people, walk that out. I've been able to see them walk in, in grace. Yeah. I've seen God move. And it's a matter of really going, okay, is this about me mm. or is this the kingdom of God? Come on. And when I've been allowed, when I have allowed myself to forgive people, I've seen God move in miraculous ways. Yeah. And I try to remind myself, like, you know, they're reaching people that I can never reach. Yeah. And if I hold on to bitterness, then that doesn't do anything for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We can work together. We can reach the people. Now, that's not saying that somebody does you, like, serious harm. That doesn't mean you just, you know, full on bring them into the relationship right. and it's like nothing happened. There's trust that has to be rebuilt sometimes. Yeah. But we have to learn to speak well. And to bless people. We were just at a conference, you and I. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if you said in the session that um, one of the guys had a session that was talking about um, how to be in ministry for the long game. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about um, speaking well of leadership, even when leadership doesn't do well cool. by you. And so he good. talked about how he had, um, he was in a situation where it was bad. <laughs> the senior yeah. pastor did him dirty and it was really, really inappropriate. And, but the Lord already spoke to him. He needed to get out and, but he did his best to speak well. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything, uh, malicious towards that pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, there's a saying that says that, uh, what you do in the last three months of your ministry at a place will determine how people speak about you mm-hmm. from that ministry. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he, he spoke grace, even though some bad things continue to happen, he left well. And to, this was years and years ago. And today, um, he goes to that church. 
Come on. That pastor's still there. Yeah. That pastor speaks well of him. Yeah. There have been doors have been opened up because yeah. he was willing to speak well and speak grace and speak peace. Mm-hmm. And God changes things. Yeah. And if we're willing to walk in the a godly manner, yes. God will open doors yeah. that will change lives. And that's a, so a real, a real popular. It'll be like super popular and hit all the trendy conversations, but the church hurt phrase that, mm-hmm. that people use so often. I never heard that growing up. It's like now that's all you hear. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. church hurt. I'm church hurt. Your church hurt often, not often, almost always doesn't keep the person that hurt you from serving God and mm-hmm. living with God. It keeps you from serving mm. God. And and I think it's so important for us. And here's the deal is we struggle with being hurt. Uh, we're, we're, we're struggling with who God is trying. He's trying to, there are situations, not saying that God ordained that moment to happen, but there's tests and there's trials that will show and reveal I mean, just this morning, my, my kids' pastor, executive pastor of the church, uh, was telling us about how, how water also uh, it makes the, the the egg hard and the potato soft, mm-hmm. and how sometimes we need to be hard and and we need to be softened. Sometimes we need a little bit, you know, you need a little crunch, you need a little softening. <laughs> and I feel like if you're one or two, all the other, I mean, Jesus was kind of right in the middle. He knew when to be tough. Mm. He knew when to speak in toughness, but he also knew when to be soft and. And I think sometimes our hearts get so hurt that mm. we're just not willing. It's like a flash flood in the desert. Those They have flash flood zones because the ground is so hard that the water doesn't sink in. It doesn't soak in. Um, and and what happens when we have this church hurt and this offense, I'm going somewhere with all this. Uh, <laughs> it has all this hard, this hard ground. This hard has become hardened. When the Lord tries to pour his spirit out upon us, it mm. doesn't take, it doesn't, we, we don't receive it. It just kind of oh, we had an experience and it rolled off and now we're still in our stuff. Yeah. But when we're in a place where we can genuinely say, Lord, here's my heart, take it and allow me to work through these emotions. Those emotions are not fun. They're not fun for any of us. They're uncomfortable. Jesus was literally in the garden, blood coming out of his forehead because mm-hmm. he was praying so earnestly. He didn't want to do this. You know, right. he was about to be betrayed. He didn't want to hang on the cross, but yet he still said, Lord, I am willing. Yeah. He said, take this cup of suffering away, but if not, I am willing to do it. Yeah. And that's my version, my paraphrased <laughs> version there, but that's what he was praying, you know, is, is your will be done. Yeah. Do what you want with my life. And can we do that? Most people are comfortable with the Lord when everything's going smooth, but when things get difficult, like Philemon having mm. to accept this brother, we're like, no, I'm out. I don't have to accept him. Mm. I don't have to. I can say I forgive him, but I don't have to. And I'm like, well, are you really forgiving him if you don't love him? Yeah. You know, are you really forgiving that individual, that leader, uh, family member, whatever it is that has hurt you, that is, has damaged you emotionally or even physically? Are you are you able to forgive them and not just forgive them, but to love them? Mm. We, none of us, pre-salvation, were servants of Christ. Right. It was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. And, and we're in need of his saving grace. He hung there willingly, knowing that we were the messed up person. Absolutely. And Paul is saying to, to Philemon, uh, make sure we said it the right way. He's saying to him, hey, accept this brother because I have witnessed the change. I have witnessed his life. And so, man, are we willing to embrace those emotions and wrestle with those emotions? Because ultimately we're going to become more like Christ because of that wrestling, kind of like Jacob wrestling the angel of the Lord. He was blessed. He was shifted. He was changed. That wasn't easy all day and night. Right. He's wrestling this angel of the Lord, <laughs> and now his identity and his whole world is flipped upside down because he was willing to wrestle. And I right. think we are not willing to get in the ring with our emotions because we just feel like we're always right, and our view of vantage point was the right way, the only way. And where in Scripture does Jesus say to do that? Word. It Nowhere. And so, <laughs> um, man, allowing the Lord to help us wrestle with these situations yeah. is and key. Is it's important. So good. So good. 
Uh, well, let's, let's keep rolling on here. Uh, read verse 15 for us, bud. 15. We're in 15. Okay. Um, I'm in 17. Why did I do that? Okay. <laughs> for this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Okay. So this is interesting because it shows both kind of Paul's tact in dealing with the situation, but also reveres his reverence for the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that God made Onesimus break or steal something. Right. I'm not saying that at all. But that uh, in his running away, God showed grace so that he would encounter Paul, Mm -hmm. so he would encounter salvation, Mm -hmm. so he would encounter discipleship to get to this point now. Uh, We have to remember, Paul is the one who said, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Mm -hmm. him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. God will work out the mess for our good. Yeah. And for his purpose, that's that's a key aspect of who God is, and this is not a good situation yeah. that we're dealing with here. I mean, legitimately, Onesimus did wrong. Yeah, right. And he's the running away for that long time period was a, was still it was right. just as wrong. But within that, God did something amazing. Mm-hmm. Here, a fugitive is now a son. Here, a useless man is now useful. Come on, it's so different, and it's hard in the moment. You know, sure. I'm sure that Philemon's in there going, "Man, that dirty Onesimus." Yeah. You know, there's anger. There's thinking about sure. it. There's like, why am I having to go through this type yeah, of thing? Yeah. You know, where's mine? I, um, if I can share a personal story about that, was um, for me, my family went through some terrible things. Um, my um, my stepfather um, had an affair, mm. and under the guise of coming back together, we were going to move from our home in Ash Grove, Missouri, mm-hmm. all the way out west to yeah, New Mexico. So, you know where Springfield, Missouri is? Yeah. All right. Uh, just north. Okay. Okay. It's so small uh, that uh, if you blink, you miss it. You blink, you miss it. I come mean, it's on. a tiny little town, but man, Ashgrove, Assembly of God. Ashgrove, come Pastor, on. Pastor uh, Don Miller. Yeah. He's actually the, uh, he's the the big man for South Missouri District of Assembly of God. Okay, I'm about to say I heard his name before. Okay. He was at District Council. Okay. There you go. Trips me out. There you go. Trips me out. And and I'll get into that here in a little bit. But anyways, he... um. We were supposed to move out there. We moved out there. Less than a week later, uh, I was coming here to Louisiana for some surgeries over at Shiner's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Calls up, says, don't come back. You have no home here. This is a trick to get you from my girlfriend. Goodbye. Goodness. And we were homeless in the street port. And it was frustrating. Sheesh. I was angry. Yeah. Um, I, I probably said some choice words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was only like three months into being a Christian sure. at the time. And um, the... Uh, it was rough. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. rough for me. And uh, but looking back in that mess, God brought me to the healing place. At the time, glad tidings assembly God. There you go. In that time frame, I met people like Pastor Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a gentleman named Troy Sibley, mm-hmm. a guy named Rick Hall, who was our associate pastor here, who taught me, they discipled me, they helped me work through my anger yeah. and my fears yeah. and my doubts. And today I am who I am today. Come on. I'm able to love people again. I'm Come able on. to care about people again. I'm able to to do certain things because God, in his grace, in his sovereignty, yeah. brought me here. And, yeah. you know, it's still a terrible thing to happen to my family. Yeah, and, sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, I pray that my stepfather knew the Lord before he passed away. I don't know, but I hope he did. But I know that God worked those things out for me Yep. in his goodness. And we don't know how God's going to work things out until the end. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that. If I could just chime in on your story, man, because you're by no means should be a person that you are 
and I say that uh, sincerely as I can, that, that Dallas is one of the most loving men of God I've ever met. And not, not only, obviously, all your geek devotions and all that <laughs> other stuff you do, you say it all the time, it's on your shirts, what, your love, your love, but like just the little things. Like the other day when I, I was running a few minutes behind, and I, you didn't know I was running behind, but I was running behind it, to the conference, and I got to tell hey, I got you a cup of coffee, man. I hope you like black coffee. And I was like, well, it, I'll figure it out. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to say no to caffeine early in the morning when I'm running late. I'm definitely right. not stopping myself. So it's just those little things that just those extra miles that – it's like, man, Dallas loves big, you know, and I, if I can emulate that, if I can grab hold of that, if I can pick an apple off the apple tree of love, you know, from <laughs> Dallas's life and to know his story, you would think his story is full of great background of people that loved you unconditionally. And you're telling us, no, not really. That wasn't always the case. You know, I probably had some people in there. Yes. But right. as a whole, no. And it's like, man, isn't it amazing what God can do with a broken story and a willing heart. Yeah. You know, and I just think, goodness, like this, this gentleman here, and, and I've avoided saying his name because I pronounce it wrong sure. every time. Uh, Onius. I'd say it again for me. I say Onesimus. Onesimus sounds way better than when I just, whatever that was. If gonna, you're a Bible scholar, feel free to leave a comment <laughs> and let us know. <laughs> Please uh, send me a link to how to pronounce that in the comments and tag me. It's Pastor Ben, ITC. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> love to learn that. But he, uh, man, he had that messed up situation, but Paul has recognized he's had that moment. Right. Let's, let's give him grace. Let's right. give him mercy. Um, and, and don't we all need it? And I yeah. think sometimes when we serve Lord for years and years and years, we forget that we're all broken. Yeah. We were all messed up in our own way, in our own story, in our own flesh, in our own selfishness. We're all just tangled up mess. And the Lord has taken us. I, I, we deal with wires a lot in our, our industry, right. camera work and media work, <laughs> music. And it's nothing more frustrating than like a pair of headphones that are not been wrapped up the right way. And mm. you got to sit there for 20 minutes to untangle them. Uh, it's a process. And I just feel like that's what the Lord is doing. He's just yeah. untangling us slowly. And you may not be the bunch you are today, but you might have a little knot and that little knot still needs work. And I think we forget that sometimes. We think that we're just straight and mm -hmm. everything's beautiful and everything's perfect. And we forget the tangled mess that we were. Yeah. And so we don't have grace for people that are still in their mess. Absolutely. And that's where the struggle comes in. So I appreciate your story. Yeah. And it just challenged me to say, man, if Dallas can walk through what he's walked through, but still have such great love for others, then me, who's grown up with parents both serving Christ, never got divorced, been in church since day. I think I was born on a pew. Uh, I think I went to labor. I don't know if that's true, but that's that's the story I've always heard. Um, it's probably, that's not a story I've ever heard. My mom's ever said that. Uh, I can't lie on camera. Um, but the Lord, I mean, if, if you know, if I who in all the world's perspective says that's the story of the guy that should love big, and your story maybe not, but yet I look at it and I'm like. I want to love like Dallas because he's got something. And I know Dallas would probably say things about me that are kind like that too, but I just see that so much from you and Celeste, both just loving and caring, no matter what you look like, no matter who you are, doesn't matter if you're unreached. Like I've got a heart for you mm -hmm. and I love you. And, and I love your story and your story has brought you to where you are today. And it's because of that story that you're able to love. And so don't, little person's story, I guess, is where I'm going with that whole That's good. chime in because good. you never know what God's going to do through Word. you and with you. Well, and, and I brought up earlier, we, uh, Pastor Don Miller, he was yep. on District Council. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a weird thing seeing him. Yep. Didn't expect, I have not talked to Pastor Miller since May of 1999 mm -hmm. because that's when my family moved. Yeah. He knew who I was. He was my bus driver. He was the lead pastor of the church, and he was the bus and he driver. He drove the bus. He drove Love the school that. bus. 
and uh, he was involved. Do reach people. Great guy. Uh, his his daughter was in band with me. Okay, I'm sure she told him that I was the worst sinner that she's ever seen <laughs> in her life. Sweet girl, I loved her to death. Uh, but she. Uh, That's funny. I'm walking through a crowd where we, uh, we just finished uh, commissioning the new district building. Okay. Yep. And I'm walking through. It was like a Red Sea. It just started parting inside, and there he is in front of He's me. Just standing there. And he, I go, Pastor Miller. He goes, hey. And he doesn't recognize me at uh-huh. first. And I go, I'm Dallas Mora. We've all been there. All us pastors, we've been there. <laughs> the guy walks over like, who? <laughs> and he goes, and his eyes woke Man. up. And he's like, and I begin to share with him. And it's like, this is such a different world. This wow. is not the young man, the 15-year-old I saw. Come on. All those years ago. Philemon is now in this situation. Yeah, yeah. We talked about earlier uh, in a couple of pod- different podcasts. Philemon brought this message to Onesimus. Okay. He came with the letter to Colossia. Yeah. Colossians in this letter and Philemon is sitting there holding this letter looking up at this man that he goes this is a, a sinner this is a man that's run away owes me money and he's going this is your story mm. this is who you are come on his eyes are changing right there in front going this is this true Dude. is this a transformation that's taking place come on and it was a and here's Paul going maybe this is why it's been so long because you needed to see him differently yeah yeah Pastor Miller saw me differently. Come on. He didn't expect to see me. Right. Finally, he didn't expect to see Onesimus. Right. Right. So big changes. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the whole point is like, you know, it takes time. Come on. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's wrap up today's uh, conversation with verse 16. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a mm. beloved brother, especially to me. But mm. how much more to you, both in the flesh and the Lord? Now, Paul's presenting two different words here, Mm -hmm. slave and brother. Yeah. It makes clear that the bridge, though, from one to the other is built on the shared faith in Christ. Mm. That's what changes the entire dynamic, the relationship between the two of them. Come on. So with this in mind, how should we see each other in the church, and how does that work within the leadership dynamic? You as Pastor Ben, you know, how does that play out when you go, Here's a person, we have this share of faith. Maybe they've done us wrong. Maybe they haven't done us wrong. Yeah. Maybe there's been some things that we didn't appreciate about them in the past, but we have this share of faith now. Yeah. They're now your brother. How does this play out in your in I, your world? I mean, for me, it goes just to being real practical. I have two brothers. I'm, I'm the middle child. I have an older brother and younger brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not as close as we used to be just because we live all across South America, uh, South America. <laughs> it is the South of America. Not we're in America. We're American citizens in Texas, South Carolina. And, and then I live, I'm here in Louisiana. And so we don't see each other as often, but dude, I can tell you this. There's not anywhere I wouldn't go or try to do to help one of my brothers out in the time of need. The other day we were in discord and my little brother hopped in. He never does that. He hopped in and discord is just a social media app that we use for us nerd gamers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he hops in and he just, he can't even talk. His wife's sleeping in the bed next to him. So he's texting me and I'm talking and it's just, it's weird. But like I pause playing the game, hanging out with the friends and they're doing something else. And I'm just talking to my brother. And uh, it just is those things. Like I will give the world for a brother, mm-hmm. but we don't look at the person sitting in the chair next to us on a Sunday morning as a brother. Mm. Not not all of them, only the ones we like, mm-hmm. but not all of them. Like the ones we like, we're cool with that. You know, right. we'll go out of our way for it. 
But what about the one that was two weeks ago on drugs and had a relationship with Jesus? And mm. we don't know if he's going to steal from us. Mm. We don't know if he is clean yet. We don't know if he's fully, you know, yes, there are radical moments where people never touch drugs again. But what if there's still a process in this individual's life? Yeah. Do we treat him like a brother? You know, do we yeah. look at him like that? And obviously this situation's a little different because they're saying, yes, he's cleaned up. He's doing good. <laughs> you know, it's been some time. Time helps a lot. But, uh, you know, are we looking at people that we, we worship with? Mm. And let me let me challenge. It's easy to sometimes even worship with people that think like you and talk like you and act like you and oh, look like so you good. and dress like you. But what about the ones that don't necessarily believe your fundamental truths? Yeah. What about the ones that don't like uh, for some that worship with flags? They don't like the flags or some that that don't worship with their hands at all. They just put them in their pockets. You know what? What about those people? You mm. know, there's so many interdenominationals of Christian faith that we just argue and fight why not love? Yeah. When Jesus addresses the church in different cities, he didn't go to first Bozier this or first <laughs> Methodist that he went to the church of fill in the Shreveport for our, for our sake yeah. of conversation. I know there may be people listening from wherever you are from dresses the church of your city. You know, if that's the case, our congregation isn't 500 or 200 or a thousand. It's, it's the church of Shreveport. You know, how many of us, but we don't, we don't live together because we don't see them as brothers. Mm. And my challenge today would say, hey, look at, we're, we're church not even five, six miles away from each other, something yeah. like that. And we're sitting here, I'm on your podcast as a guest. You know, there are places where that's unheard of. They're not going to invite any outsider, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. We're brothers. Yeah. We're brothers and we're in this fight together and you're not alone and you shouldn't be alone. Jesus is not intended for any of us to be alone. Shout out to all my people that feel lonely right now. Jesus wants to make a way in your life. Word. He wants to surround your brothers and sisters to lift you up. But that's that's probably a little prophetic moment that has nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> Don't be lonely. Word. God has designed us to be a part of a family. Yeah. Because, man, I will go the distance from one of my brothers. Mm. And so if I flip the script and see my my Christian faith brothers and sisters as family, as I do my own brothers in natural uh, birth brothers, blood brothers, if I view them the same way, then I should go out of, of my way to love you and to serve you and to take care of you if you need and vice versa. There may be needs in my life that I need you to step in. And uh, I just don't think we view it that way yeah. because, again, they don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't you're welcome. You're welcome in God's kingdom. If you don't look like me, talk like me, dress like me, right? sing like me, worship like me, play the guitar like me. Like none of that stuff matters. What matters is do you have the heartbeat of Jesus? Do you agree that he's the Lord, he's Lord and Savior of your life? You're following after him? We're brothers. Let's get together and figure this out together, encourage one another, and uh, man, really start looking at it. As we look at our earthly families, for those of us that love our families, that's another issue for another conversation, and translating that to our our church family Word. you know so good so good well guys here in second mask been giving me his big takeaway for this uh section that we discussed but I want to hear from you how has this encouraged you how has this challenged you let us know leave a comment in the comment section here on youtube or reach out to us you can find us on facebook midweek move uh or you can email us media hub at thpshreport.com so ben What's your big takeaway today, my brother? Yeah, my big takeaway is this. You never know uh, You never know what the person in your life can become with Jesus. So mm. let, me, let me try to break that down just real quickly. Is You don't know if you're sitting next to the next Dallas uh, who's been hurt, bitter, angry, all that stuff, confused, don't know where to go, don't know what to do. I'm homeless with my mom. I don't know where to go. 
you don't know what just a little bit of love can do for a brother or sister in Christ. Mm. Um, and so, man, don't judge a book too fast. Let's take time to see the hurting. Let's take time to be, I mean, Jesus preached to take care of my sheep. Paul, uh, Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah. I'll say Paul, wrong person. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. What do you tell him to do? Take care of my sheep. Take care of my people. Right. Take care of the people I love. And who's his people? Well, we're all his people. Yeah. Not all of us have accepted him as Lord and Savior, but that's still his people. He loves. It's why he sent the gospel to all of us, to all nations. We all need it. And and don't underestimate what could be once Jesus hits somebody. And you're the instrument. You're the tool. You're the love that Jesus has chose to be spread out into somebody else's life. Uh, you're the vessel, rather, to share the love. Let me say it that way. Um, and so don't don't under... You got a guy stabbing you in the back. That could be your greatest asset in the future. Mm. Uh, it could be the key to unlocking the next great move of great revival. Men and women of God that bring great revivals. It could be that guy that stabbed you in the back. Word. Uh, take time to love, forgive, wrestle with that. So, yeah. So good. Well, guys, like I said, if you have any thoughts, questions, how can we pray with you? How can we encourage you? How can we help you take your next step with God? Reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com, or look for Midweek Move on Facebook. Until next time, have a great week.